Amen. All right. Well, let's turn the Word of God to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. We've been going through Galatians on Wednesday here. So now let's uh, begin in chapter uh, 3. I won't even try to get through the whole chapter tonight. I usually end up getting more notes. So see if we can get through a little bit of it. So we'll just read verses 1 through 14 of Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, 1 through 14. Now beginning in verse 1. says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of, are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. For the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Verse 14, That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. All right, let's pray again, please. Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we just glory in you and boast in you. And Lord, again, Lord, we just thank you for being good and merciful and gracious, Lord. You're altogether lovely, Lord. You're fairer than 10,000. You're the rose that's share in the lily valley. Lord, you're the lifter up of head. Lord, you're our rock. You're our buckler. You're our shield. Lord, you're our mighty tower. Uh, dear God, Lord, you're so many things. And Lord, we thank you for that, for what force, for what you've done in us, what you want to do uh, through us. Lord, help your people tonight. God, those that are listening, thank you for those that are faithful uh, to listening in, even though they couldn't be here physically tonight. Thank you that they're uh, still uh, listening in. And thank you for those that are here. And uh, dear God, help us all bind our hearts together in love. And Lord, I pray that through what's done here tonight, your people would get help. Whether there's need of salvation, restoration, continuation, Lord, whatever the need is, God, give people what they need. Again, we think about these physical requests that were mentioned. God, work miracles. Heavenly Father, perhaps there's financial need, uh, dear God, in other areas of life. Again, our young people, uh, dear God, we pray for your protection upon their life, that each one would be saved at a young age, and dear God, purpose in their heart at this young age that they're going to stay with God. And Lord, again, we just uh, surrender ourselves to thee in Jesus' name. Amen. And so uh, we uh, looked at chapters 1 and 2, and now we're going to look at chapter 3. And, of course, uh, 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 cha chapters 3 and 4, they're very doctrinal chapters. A lot of uh, doctrine here uh, between these two chapters. Uh, uh, faith is mentioned around 14 times, and uh, the law is mentioned about 19 times, and the word promise is mentioned around 11 times. And uh, so uh, a lot of good things uh, in these chapters. So within these chapters, Paul presents... 
uh, uh, several arguments that about uh, the fact that salvation is by grace and trying to say, you know, leave that law behind. Amen. It's all of grace. Like the song says, all of grace is my story. Amen. All of grace from here uh, to glory. And so he presents about uh, three in this chapter. We'll try to get through at least two of them tonight. But of course, the first one we see is a is a, uh, a personal argument we see in verses one through uh, uh, five. And so uh, notice again, verse one, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. So in these first few verses of chapter three, what is Paul saying? He's saying, hey, look at your own testimony. You yourself are a testimony of salvation by grace. Hey, you don't need to look no further than what's happened in your life by the grace of God. And after what the Holy Spirit did in you, amen, after what the Holy Spirit has done in your life, and you've already acknowledged that, why would you need to look to any other source? You know, oh, but boy, uh, we get we get sidetracked so uh, uh, easily. That word foolish means this. Boy, he, he, that's pretty hard language right there. You know, uh, foolish. That means, uh, 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 you know, we think of a fool, one that lacks intelligence. <laughs> right. You know, uh, 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 one that's, you know, sort of uh, out of their mind. He's like he's sort of saying like this. You know, if you want to put a brother, he's like, man, have you lost your mind? Are you really that stupid? Amen. After knowing what God did in your life, that you would get sidetracked by something like that. Hey, you know, uh, I know that doesn't sound nice, but, you know, hey, sometimes you got to be straightforward. Maybe use better language, be a little bit more tactful. I'm trying to work on that. Right. And uh, but uh, uh, listen, sometimes you just got to be straightforward. Even when you care with people, you got to look them down and say, listen, buddy, man, you just, uh, you know, you're a little bit messed up right here. Let's do uh, to get you back on track. That word uh, uh, bewitched, who bewitched you? That mean that word literally means to utter foolish babble, to utter foolish babble. And hey, listen, anything that doesn't line up with the word of God, you know what it is? It's foolish babble. That's what it is. It's a bunch of foolish babble if it doesn't line up with the Word of God. It means to mis, to, to that someone came and they misled you by, by, by pretense, right? It means to confuse somebody. You know, uh, the word has a thought of, of means uh, to, hip, to hypnotize, to hypnotize. You know, you think you ever, you ever watch, a, you know, those uh, 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 stupid animal YouTube videos, right? We all, we all watch, you know, and you, you, you see the snake, he's coming towards the bird and he, he sort of hypnotizes him, then he strikes. Amen. That's what the devil does. He gets you, he, he, you know, he gets you off focus. He gets you off focus, right? You know, Satan, he's called that old serpent and he wants to get your mind off something, get you focused on something. And boy, then he wants to strike and he wants to ruin your testimony. He wants to get you messed up doctrinally. He wants to get your life all confused. Amen. So you don't know uh, uh, what's what. Amen. But hey, we just, uh, uh, you know, uh, thank God there's people like Paul. Amen. Say, oh, no, listen now. Uh, the thing that uh, got you started off right is what's going to keep you right. And so you need to, to realize that. And, uh, and, uh, and notice he said, again, uh, it, says that ye, it says that ye should not obey the truth. Now notice that word he said, that ye should not obey the truth. Well, the fact that he said that, what does it tell us? It means they had the truth. The problem wasn't that they didn't have the truth. The problem wasn't that they didn't know the truth, 
right? They were failing, they were failing to obey it, and that's usually the problem. <laughs> when Christians get messed up, it's not because, you know, uh, uh, they, they didn't have the truth. It's probably because they didn't know the truth. It's because they didn't make decisions based upon the truth. You know, again, I, 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 speaking to parents, uh, and I mentioned this again, how many times have I heard parents say when their child gets out of the house and makes some stupid decision, what's the first thing they do? They want to blame themselves. Oh, no, you just need to look at your son and say, hey, stupid, why didn't you obey the truth? You had it. You knew what the truth was. You were raised with the truth. Why didn't you make a decision based upon the truth? Why would you let somebody sidetrack you, right? And that's what he's saying to them. Paul, Paul didn't say, oh, man, where did I go wrong when I was preaching the gospel to them? Where did I go wrong when I uh, gave them all that doctrine? Well, he didn't sit there and blame himself. He said, man, you had the truth. It's right there. Listen, you've seen how the truth changed your life. You are a testimony of the power of the gospel. You are a testimony of the grace of God. Now, why aren't you just obeying what's been delivered unto you? It says that, that Jesus Christ, who hath been evidently set forth, evidently. What's that sound like? Evidence. Like we talked about the other day. See, the evidence. Again, they had the evidence. That word evidently means openly plainly. Sort of like uh, when we were looking at King Agrippa the other day, what Paul said, he said, this thing wasn't done in the corner. <laughs> hey, what, what, what was happened was done openly. It was plainly. Everybody knows about it. It was, what, what, what you know what happened to Jesus. It's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's open knowledge. It's out there. You see, the evidence of the gospel had been plainly presented to them. And again, they had believed it because they were, they were saved. So the problem wasn't whether they were saved but hey, what got them sidetracked? And we need to remember that. You know, a lot of times uh, uh, you see people get saved then they need to be grounded in the word of God. That's why it's important, right? For them to be, uh, make sure, first of all, make sure you're scripturally saved, right? Then make sure you're scripturally baptized, right? And then get yourself identified with a scriptural Bible-believing, Bible-preaching local church so you can get grounded in the Word of God. I believe there's a lot of people out there, just because they're in a, a different denomination, hey, they might be saved. The problem isn't whether they're saved. I mean, you, if you understand what I'm saying, but the problem is, hey, they got hooked up with the wrong group, and so their doctrine isn't it right. So the fact you, we should be thankful, right, that not only we got saved, but the Lord allowed us uh, to be in uh, our Christian life, to be in uh, churches, right, that try to stay true to the Word of God, Right. And so, uh, you know, we even, you know, we, we, we like we're independent Baptists. We say that, but we don't have some, you know, the, the denominational uh, 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 checklist. This is right. But we go we go by the word of God to the best that uh, we can by God's grace. We just need to know the word of God and do the word of God. And then notice it says, who hath bewitched you? You see, uh, there's always somebody just like God sends people into your life. Amen. Thank God. Hey, I'm glad that who that. Uh, on May 19, 1987, God said, uh, Terrence Dennefield and Mike May went to my life and they knocked on my door that night and I heard the gospel and I, I got saved on visitation, right? So God brought some people into my life. But boy, just like God brings people into your life, right? Satan wants to slip people into your life. Not everybody that says they're your friend is your friend, right? Again, remember, young people, some of the scariest words in the Bible were Amnon had a friend <laughs> who wasn't a true friend. Right. So you better uh, check your friends and make sure they're they're real friends. So who again, it's amazing how quick 
people turn from the true evidence, that people turn from the true evidence of God to accept the false evidence of man, to accept the false evidence of man. Well, we need to stick with the true evidence. Again, let's go ahead. Verse two. This only what I learn of you. Receive ye the spirit. There's evidence they're saved. They what? They received the spirit. John 1, 12. But as many as received them, to them gave he the power, right, to become the sons of God. Boy, that's an important verse for people to know. You know, you, you hear politician people say, well, we're all the children of God. No, we're not. We're all creatures of God. We're all creatures of God. God is our creator. But you're not a child of God until you repent and put your trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It says it right there, John 1, 12. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. So until you've received him, you haven't received the power to become a child of God. You're not a child of God. But hey, they were supposed to be children of God. They had received Right. How received ye the spirit? See, so works or did you receive it by works or faith? You see, this is the battle between religion and salvation. You know, are you trying to are you trying to live it out or believe it out? Right. Uh, religion says you got to live it out. Amen. Uh, salvation teaches us. Amen. We believed. And now the Christian life is believing it out. Amen. Uh, by the grace of God. Romans 8, 9. Says what? But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's not his. So that's the question. Do you have the spirit of Christ? Do you know you have the spirit of Christ? Well, if you do, if you have that assurance, hey, I'm saved. I've received it. If you're not sure you have the spirit of Christ living in you, well, if you don't have the spirit of Christ, then you're not yet saved. So notice those words. Obey, received. Verse three, are you so foolish? I mean, listen, I, I mean, have you really gotten that sidetracked? Have you really gotten that messed up? Did you really let those people get in your head and your heart that way? Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? Are ye now? See, you began right, but now what caused the change? Here's, here, here's a good question. When, I sort of wrote it down this way, when did what you received and what you started out with become insufficient for the need or relationship? <laughs> In other words, it was what you have, what you received, it was sufficient to save you. It was sufficient to get your sins forgiven. It was sufficient to change your life. It was sufficient to give you a, a personal relationship with the living God and the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Through the Lord Jesus Christ. So at what point did you realize, oh, well, you know, hey, it, it got that. But, you know, I just don't know if it can, you know, do, do what else needs to be done in my life. Where did that change take place? Where did that thinking end up in your mind that all of a sudden what, it was sufficient to do all these things and all of a sudden it seemed insufficient. You needed, needed to give it a little help by keeping the law or doing some works. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 say this. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says, And whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth. See, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17, the gospel of your salvation. And whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 14, which is the Holy Spirit, which is the 
earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. Right. You heard the word of God. You believed it and you received the Holy Spirit. So he's saying, hey, you've got the spirit. Philippians 1, 6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of redemption. This is what these Galatians need to understand. Hey, hey, over there when you received it, that day he began a good work in you and he will perform it. It's not your job to perform it. Amen. It's your job. It's not our job to perform it. It's our job to let him perform it in us and through us. That's what the Christian life is. It's not, amen, it's him performing. It's us, you know, we're dead. It's us getting out of the way. And again, just letting God be God in us and letting God be God through us. That's what we're supposed to do. Listen, he began it and that's what he's trying to teach them here. Hey, he began, verse eight. Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? All of a sudden, listen, God, God did it. And now you, you can look at God and say, all right, God, good job, appreciate it. I can take over from here. <laughs> no, uh-uh. I'm scared. I wouldn't want to do that. I, boy, that, no wonder he called him foolish. That is a foolish way to think, to think that you can do it. I admit, hey, thank God, 34 years saved today. And I admit, I can't do it. I can't do it on my own. Hey, I, need, I still need Jesus. I still need the power of the Holy Spirit. I still need the, the, the controlling. I still need the word of God. I'm, God. I'm still thankful. 34 years later, I'm glad for the convicting and controlling and guiding power of the word of God and the spirit of God in my life. I can't do it, but I'm glad I don't have to. He's doing it for me if I just stay out of his way. Philippians 3.3 says, For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit. And rejoice in Christ Jesus. Amen. Are you rejoicing in Christ Jesus? I rejoice in Christ Jesus. He did it and he's still doing it. And what? Have no confidence in the flesh. I'm, hey, if you're, if you're smart, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, hey, doesn't take much to be smarter than me, more talented than me. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. Amen. I'm glad you have all those abilities. And, but the best thing to do is turn them over to the Lord and not think that because of those that you can handle things on your own. Verse 4. Having suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain, suffered many things. Boy, they'd had some challenges since they got saved. Have you had some challenges since you got saved? Well, you know what he's trying to tell these Galatians? He got you through all that. <laughs> Why would he not continue to do so? Amen? Boy, he listen, whatever you've gone through, he got you through that, and he will continue to do so. So the first argument he gave him was the personal argument. Hey, you yourself, just look at yourself. You are a testimony of the salvation by grace, amen, and what God has done in your life. Listen, uh, uh, just look at that. Do you, do you have it? Is it real? Amen. Do you believe he made that change in your life? Well, that ought to be a testimony to you, amen, that, that, that God has the power to do what needs to be done in your life, amen. You just need to be obedient to the word of God. Be obedient to the word of God. And so that's what he's going to say in these next verses. He turns them to the word of God. The, amen. The, 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 the word argument, the scripture argument. You see, uh, again, the first argument said, look to yourselves and see what God has done in your life. And then the second argument is look to the book. Amen. Look to the book. Hey, there might be times you doubt yourself, but there's never a reason to doubt the book. 
Amen. We have a more, even then what you, you know in your own heart, the Bible says we have a more sure word of prophecy, the word of God. That's why through, through these next several verses, Paul keeps referencing the Old Testament. Paul keeps referencing the Old Testament, uh, verses six and seven. He says this, even as Abraham, see, he goes all the way back to Abraham. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Boy, these, these uh, verses uh, line right up with uh, Genesis 15, 6 and 7. It says, and he believed in the Lord. Genesis 15, 6, and he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Verse 7 of Genesis 15, and he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of the earth of the Chaldees to give this land to inherit it. Notice the words. He says, I brought you out and I gave you. <laughs> I brought you out and I gave you. And that's what God did with you. Amen. He brought you out. Amen. He lifted you up out of the miry clay and he gave you what you have. Amen. He gave you that. So it is a gift, right? The, the, uh, it's the gift of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Well, even in the Old Testament, the Lord uses the word brought and the Lord give. Turn over to Romans chapter uh, four. I'm trying to hurry up here, but Romans chapter four. And notice verses one through eight. Boy, how they, they, they go along with this about faith in Abraham. Romans 4, 1 through 8 says this. Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 8 say, What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Verse 8, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Notice verse 3 of Romans 4 says, What? What saith the scriptures? This is what matters. This is what it boils down to. What does the word of God say? about this. Hey, whatever question you have in life, it all comes down to this. What saith the scriptures? Not what uh, some teacher says, not even what I say. Amen. I'm not the authority. The word of God's the authority. Boy, the, the, the word of God overrides any man, any, in, any principle, anything out there. It's all about what does the word of God. That's why we try to stick with what thus saith uh, the Lord. It's about what the scripture says. And the scripture says, amen, for by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Hey, I'm glad after 34 years, I have nothing to boast in but Jesus Christ. However long you've been saved, aren't you glad you have nothing to boast in but Jesus Christ? What say this? That's what matters. Verse four. Notice again, now to him that worketh is reward not reckoned, but look at this, of grace, but of debt. Huh? You like being in debt? <laughs> you like being in debt? Anytime you look to anything or anyone, who hath bewitched you? Anytime you look to anything, oh, well, this is, this is what I believe. This is what I think. Uh, this is, you know, my opinion. What say at the scriptures? What say at the scriptures? 
That's what you need to find out. Anytime you look to anything or anyone besides faith based upon the word of God to please God, you're actually getting yourself into debt with God. You're not pleasing God. You're getting yourself more into more debt with God. You're putting more of the wrong things in your account. Notice again, notice these words in verse in Romans four In verse five. You see the word what counted in verse six. You see the words imputeth righteousness in verse eight. You see the term will not impute sin. And we know that word impute means what to put to the account of what would you rather have put in your spiritual account? The righteousness of Jesus Christ or sin? Hey, I'm glad that in my account I have the righteousness of Jesus. When God saved me, right, what did he do? He cleaned out my sin account, right, and he put the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And it looks as he will not impute sin. Hey, it's not that I never mess up. It's not that I never do the wrong thing. I mean, hey, hey, he called those Galatians foolish. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, times in my life that that people can look at me and say, man, that was a foolish thing to do, Jeff. And I'm like, well, you're you're right. I blew it again, but I'm glad he does it. But you know what he does? When, When I do mess up now that I'm saved, that sin, he doesn't put it to my account. Amen. He looks over and says, Jesus paid it all. All to him I know, amen. The blood of Jesus Christ is paid to the right. And so no more do I have to worry about sin being put uh, uh, to my account because my account is full, amen. No more deposits can be made, amen. It's full of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to realize, realize. Coming back to Galatians 3, verse uh, 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 6, says this. Uh, even as Abraham believed God again, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Thank God. Accounted. It was put to his account. Galatians 3, 8 and 9 say this. And the scriptures foreseeing. Look, this is, these are blessed verses. And the scripture. Now remember, that's a reference to the Old Testament because that's all they had back then. The, 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 the New Testament's in the process of being put together. And the scripture foreseeth that God would justify the heathen, that's reference to the Gentiles, we're heathen, through faith, preach before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Boy, that's a reference to Genesis 12, 3 says this. Genesis 12, 3, and I will, is referencing the scripture. Here's the scripture it references. Genesis 12, 3, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curses thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Notice he said all families, not Jewish, not just Jewish families. God's message has always been a universal message. People think, oh, the Old Testament's only about the Jews. no. back then he worked through the nation of Israel, but his message has always been to the whole world. Now in this age, he works through the church and his message is still to the whole world. That's why it says all families. That's why in that verse it said, what? It said, justify the heathen through faith because, hey, uh, that when it said all families, that included the heathen families. So God's message has always been a universal message. All. Paul reminds them of this. The Gentiles were included in the 
the promise. We think of the Abrahamic covenant. Now, we, we know the land part pertains to those Jews. But as far as the blessings of, of, of God in salvation, we know it refers, amen, to everybody. Because as we're going to see later in the chapter, when it talks about that seed, it's talking about Jesus Christ. And he came for everybody. So it's always been for everybody. So is it, and notice again what it says there in verse 8. We think the gospel's a new thing. It says right there, the, what? Preach before the gospel unto who? Abraham. Preach the gospel unto Abraham. Isn't that what it says right there? Isn't that wonderful that the gospel was preached unto Abraham? Remember what Jesus said to them in John chapter 8? He said to them, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. <laughs> Jesus said that to them. Hey, Abraham saw my day. He said, well, you're not yet but 50. He said, well, <laughs> maybe not in this body. Amen. But you're looking at God in the flesh. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Amen. He says, in the beginning, God created. And God said, right there I am. I'm in verse one. That word is me. Go back there. I'm in the first verse of your Bible. In the beginning, God said that word being spoken is Jesus Christ, right? Without him was not anything made that was made. Everything God said, he what? He spoke into existence. So everything was made by Jesus Christ because he's the word. He's the word. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. John 1, 14. He saw my day. What a wonderful thing, boy. Uh, better hurry up here. Verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Deuteronomy 7.26 says this, Neither shalt thou bring an abomination into thine house, lest thou be a cursed thing like it. But thou shalt utterly detest it, and thou shalt utterly abhor it, for it is a cursed thing. You see, the law doesn't save things. The law curses things. The law curses things. He said, no, you do that, that's a curse. That's a curse, that's a curse. You see, the, the law was given us to show us, amen, that, that we couldn't do it and that we needed grace. Verse 11, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. It is evident. The evidence makes it evident, amen, that man can't get to God by the law. It's evident, for the just shall live by faith. Again, verse 11, the just shall live by faith. You see, you have been justified by faith. Now, what does that mean? You're justified, now just live by faith. We know that Habakkuk 2.4 says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Romans 1.17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. <laughs> Hebrews 10.38, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. You see, this truth is very important to God. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And that's why he puts it in his word several times because he wants you to understand the just, all right, are live by faith. They were justified by faith and amen, they live by faith. Verse 12, and the law is not a faith. You see, the law is not a faith, but the man that, notice this word, doeth them shall live in them. Leviticus 18.5 says this. See, he's referring back to scripture. Leviticus 18.5 says, ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. He didn't say he'll live by them. He'll live in them. Notice the word do. 
You see, that's the problem. He said, well, if you do these, the problem is no man can do everything. Right? Right. That's why he needs grace and faith. Trying to finish up at least to verse 14, verses 13 to 14 again. So it goes on to say, that's why we need Christ. But Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Right? Being made a curse for us. We saw that, right? Christ is the end of the law. Romans 10, 4, to them that believe. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That's what Jesus did. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Deuteronomy 21, 23 says this. His body, talking about when somebody's, this is showing that somebody on a tree is a curse. His body shall not remain all night upon the tree. This isn't talking about Jesus, it's reference about somebody being on a tree. But thou shalt not in any wise bury him that day. For he that is hanged is accursed of God, that thy land be not defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. So that's the verse that shows, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. But uh, we see in verse 1 Peter 2.24, it says, now this is talking about Jesus Christ, who his own self, Jesus Christ, bear our sins in his own body, where? On a tree. That we being dead to sins should live under righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. He bore our sin at Calvary. You see, I came in this world wearing the jacket of sin, if you will. And you know what? And Jesus came and he said, Jeff, as long as you're wearing that jacket, amen, you wear that jacket, you're going to end up in hell. You know, the wages of sin is death. He said, Jeff, if you'll give me that jacket, he said, Jeff, you want to trade jackets? Amen. So I gave him my jacket. He wore my sin jacket to the cross. Amen. And died for my sin. And he rose again the third day. And the day I believed on him, he said, Jeff, let me give you my jacket. It's made of righteousness. Amen. And so I now wear before God, I wear the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Amen. He became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We had to be made righteousness. That's what justified means. What? Justified means to what? To be declared righteous, justified, just as if I'd never sinned, just as if I'd always been righteous. You see, the moment I believed in Jesus Christ and, and he took away my sin, washed me in his blood in the eyes of a holy God. And that's the key word, holiness. Everybody likes to talk about love. Oh, the love of God. God loves you. Of course we talk about the love of God. We're glad that God is love. We're glad that God loves everyone. But again, we can't overlook holiness. The most important thing with God is not even his love. It's holiness has to come first, right? Because of his holiness. You see, his love says, I want to have a relationship with you. But his holiness says, I can't have a relationship with a sinner. And again, that's why there's a Calvary. Again, uh, uh, what, what did Calvary do? Calvary, Calvary met the demands of holiness because the wages of sin is death. It met the demands of holiness. Jesus died. He shed his blood. Right. And then it fulfilled the desires of love. Right. And now because the demands of holiness have been met. Right. The desires of love can be fulfilled. 
The moment that you repent and put your trust in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, the demands of holiness are met in your life. And now the desires of love can be fulfilled. Amen. And God's love can be poured out upon you. His forgiveness can be poured upon you. His righteousness can be poured upon you. And now you can have a daily active personal relationship with God. Boy, it it has to be of grace. There's no way we could ever get in on that on our own or or, or do anything to to add to that on our own. It has to be all of grace, all of grace. Christ died to remove the curse. And because, again, Christ took our curse, amen, we can take his life, amen, and he can live it through us. So we'll finish there. So it's clear, even the Old Testament taught salvation by grace through faith. Amen. Even in the, that's, amen. That's a salvation book. Well, I like, again, when when we looked there in chapter two, uh, Paul referenced uh, that meeting that they had uh, there in Jerusalem that you read about in Acts 15. And and, and what what, what did they say concerning the law? In Acts 15, I I like this verse. I'll finish with Acts 15, 10. It says, now therefore, why tempt ye God? Why tempt ye God? to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. And what was that yoke he's referring to? The law. And this thing, this thing's too heavy. Hey, listen, it's too heavy. Jesus didn't come to put a heavy yoke up on us. What did he say in Matthew eleven twenty eight? Come unto me, all you that labor heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Amen. For my, my yoke is what? Easy and my burden is light. Amen. Well, I, I don't want to have to carry no, I'm getting old. I don't carry no heavy burden around, no heavy yoke around. Amen. Amen. I, I, want, I, want, I want what's easy. Amen. I want what's, uh, what, what, what's light. Amen. Hey, uh, w- w- when I'm moving, I look at those young men. I say, you get the heavy things. I'll pick up this box over here. Amen. <laughs> we like those things. And that's what God says. Amen. Jesus comes in your life. He says, you let me handle those heavy things. Amen. I'll give you the light things. I'll give you the anything. Let me handle uh, the heavy things. I can take care of that for you. So it's all the grace of God. Let's pray.